0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Xbox Roundtable. This is episode number 135, your oasis at the end of the week to kick back, settle in, grab a cold one, and listen to the crew discuss all things Xbox and all kinds of big news from all over the gaming industry. I'm your host Invader, and I'm looking forward to getting into tonight's topics, there's definitely some juicy ones here to discuss, but first let me get to our panel, and you know what guys, we're a little bit on the short side this evening, a couple of guys had to drop out early unfortunately, but hey, you got me, you got Centurion, you got Shock, let's get into some intros here, and Centurion, I'll head to you first, good video by the way earlier, pal. Uh, you're really interested in Scorn, aren't you?
1: I'm interested in actually a lot of the new IPs that uh, Microsoft is putting out. Well, not Microsoft, but uh, AA developers are making actually uh, exclusive to the Series X and uh, PC compatible hardware. And I actually hate having to say that every time, but I will not let somebody call me out trying to say that I'm trying to lie that it's an exclusive game. No, it's not an exclusive game. It's exclusively to the Series X, so that makes it a console exclusive And a next-gen exclusive, and some of the stuff that they have created for that game, I really believe we have Microsoft's Death Stranding. But, hey, you know, that's to be decided, you know? But I'm really liking the art design. I mean, like, Mm. me and my wife were watching some of that gameplay from back in 2017 when you see him open the gun, and the gun is just wiggling around, moving, and he's just shoving what looks like some crazy alien bullet back into this thing before he puts the gun back together. I mean... Like I like how they described it as this is supposed to be a full-body experience in some way or manner. They have created some kind of a mechanic in this game that's going to be very, very immersive.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting title. At first, I wasn't sure what to think about it. Uh, Obviously, it's been... Well, it got announced a couple of years ago, and then it's just been kind of floating around. Well, actually...
1: Um, I don't know. Do you care to kind of know at all? Like, I'm not trying to like be like Mr. <laughs> knowledgeable here. <clears throat> well, but, you may
0: as well go ahead. Well,
1: sadly, um, the EBB software originally uh, launched, uh, announced the game in November of 2014, and uh, they basically were going to try to fund it with a Kickstarter and it sadly did not go over very well it they were not sure how the game was going to work due to lack of funds and it was originally slated out to be actually a two part game that was supposed to be released in two separate installments and then all of a sudden a quote air quotation marks mysterious investor decided to help privately fund the game And this mysterious investor is only described as somebody who did not want to interfere in the development process. All they did was want to help fund a game that had a very um, strong, creative avenue for it. And, uh, you know, I'm not Mr. Conspiracy theorist, Theorist, but it sounds like Microsoft's MO, in my opinion. Microsoft technically does not own EBB software, so they can actually you know in some way fund a game this isn't unheard of Mm um is it this how like um tekken or something was like an exclusive to playstation was because they helped basically fund the game um this is also how um rise of the tomb raider became a one-year exclusive because microsoft put out a large investment to um basically make that game exclusive for one year um so definitely, it has Microsoft all over it, and they've really helped uh, EBB Software come back as a since They started another Kickstarter explaining that the game was now going to be a single game that was built on a much more massive scale, and it's definitely received a lot of um, interest from the PC crowd. Not trying to ramble.
0: Oh, hey, no, (laughs) hey, you're definitely not rambling. Yeah, it caught my eye uh, as soon as it was announced early on in May, and... uh... Yeah, they definitely have that what H.R. Geiger, I believe, the the look for it. We we're talking about this a bit before the show, guys, and it's just a it's a really interesting aesthetic that they have going forward. It's very yes. organic.
1: They are borrowing from uh, like we were talking about, H.R. Geiger and what was the other guy? He actually have it right here in the um I can't even pronounce this. It's like Zidislav Beksiński. Um, basically, mm-hmm. the, you know, these guys helped create some of the, uh, the, cre- you know, the creations we saw in alien, those weird macabre, uh, um, structures in the very first alien movie, just how they the, the statues and just the, you know, remember the original, just how the spaceship looked and how everything was growing off the walls and the aliens themselves just had this weird nature to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a very unique look, very memorable, obviously from Alien. You have that organic kind of uh you know, the bony kind of structure yeah. and when the... I first
1: saw the when I first saw the 2017 trailer, um, because that was actually the first time I had seen Scorn, um, I when the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, are they making another alien game? Like, at least that was the when I the first time I saw it because <laughs> A lot of the, yeah, first, the same art
2: style. Yeah. That they kind of took it
1: from Yeah. That's pretty much they even admit the mm-hmm. guy admits that he borrows from the art style, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I saw the trailer because they're, they don't actually really show very much of the actual like character and the NPCs and the enemies you'll be facing. It's mostly these sweeping shots of just these environmental areas that are extremely detailed. And when you just saw what these environments look like, you were just like, are they making another alien game?
0: yeah yeah it's uh definitely interesting what they showed off at first when i when they first showed that trailer as we we're going through it i was like what the heck is this uh there's like uh this thing sticking out of the wall protruding and and then you got all these heads everywhere It's just it was very mysterious and i don't know it just obviously it really be
1: nice to see an alien right <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it looks really kind of dead. I hate to use dead spacey, but um, I like, like, does everybody remember in the, the dead space mechanic, at least in the first one, how your health bar was um, actually a set of lights that went down your, your spine. Back, yeah. um, the gun, uh, the lo- like basically you had to like tilt the camera in a certain manner to actually be able to read the, how many rounds were left in the gun. Um, uh, ba- that's what I kind of see going on in scorn is that's what's really cool is they've actually put out a lot of information on their Kickstarter. They, re- they actually revealed some of the animations that they're working with. And one that I put in my video, they showed an animation of um, an arm going from healthy to de- you know decaying and then back to healthy. Um, and to me, that just looks like um, a health process that your character will probably more than likely have. And as you take damage or whatever, your character will probably become more frail looking and like fragile. And, um, as you're healthier, you'll probably, you know, have more mass to your character. Um, so it's definitely going to be one of those games where the information is not like just p- plastered on the screen in front of you, you know, before you go around the corner and start fighting people, you have to stop for a second and open up your gun and look at how many bullets are really in the gun and then put it back together and then go about your business. Like you actually have to plan stuff like that.
0: Mm hmm. No, absolutely. Like I'm still getting my head wrapped around everything when it comes to scorn. Uh, between that and the medium, uh, which I, I'll admit, I think I'm more interested in that one. But you know, we will get into scorn a lot more. Uh, it's a topic for later on in the um, yeah, in this show. But, still
1: the show. But it's still the intros. I'm sorry. Blah blah
0: blah. Oh no no, no. hey I I brought it up. Don't worry because uh, you you did do a really good video and I suggest everybody in the chat to check out Centurion's video from earlier today. It's definitely very uh it's very interesting to to listen to he brings up some great points and uh, yeah it's a great preview for the game overall uh shock buddy uh how are you doing today have you been uh playing any games over the past week oh
2: yeah pretty good um i did i finally got in that uh copy of lost odyssey i never totally i think that was probably just in heavy of my gears you know, four days back when that released um so i've been playing that and that one's pretty cool um also, that same dev, or it came from the same, like, uh, I guess, director uh, from Mistwalker Studios. He did uh, The Last Story on the Wii, so I've been checking that out, too. It's kind of around the same time frame, so those have been interesting. Um, but, yeah, but, it's, man, Xbox could have had a perfectly good RPG dev right there. And They already published mm-hmm. their games and <laughs> didn't continue it on, because now I don't think he's released... Uh, I don't think he's released anything for a while. Um, well,
0: Lost Odyssey—that's Mistwalker, movie. right? Yeah,
2: and they did the one on the Wii. Seems pretty cool so far. It's just a uh, just the controlling actual gameplay a- uh, gameplay aspect of it. hmm
0: yeah, yeah, they did that
2: in Blue Dragon. Yeah, that one I picked up too. I just haven't started it.
0: Yeah, Blue Dragon, I I tried out a bit, and I got to admit, I again, it was done by the same team that. It has a lot of inspiration with Dragon Ball behind it, obviously. You can tell from the visuals, and it, it really caught my eye. I'll, I don't think the gameplay is for me personally, but it's a definite, it's a very cool game to check <laughs> that, out.
1: That was me on the 360. Sorry to hop in, but I remember Blue Dragon. I actually have thought about adding that game to my backlog, uh, purely because I, I the art style, the visuals, everything caught my eye. Like you said, I really wanted to play that game. But oh my gosh, uh, it was my first time experiencing uh, uh, the the Asian influenced RPG outside of Final Fantasy, and I was not able to finish the game.
0: Mm. Yeah, even Lost Odyssey, I have it downloaded and ready to go. I really want to give it a go. Um, I've heard mixed things about, it, but I'm, a lot of people do seem to cherish that title for whatever for some reason, uh, and. Yeah, a lot of people want to see a sequel from it, too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Xbox has cooked up its sleeve going into the near future. Do you know if
2: uh, Microsoft owns the IP for both? I think they do for Lost Odyssey. I, I think, think they, they own both. Oh, okay.
0: See, with all these RPG
2: devs now that they have, they should definitely continue, at least with one of those, I think that would mm. be a huge buzz, like if, like Lost Odyssey. I think that would get a lot of you know fan reaction.
0: Yeah, my, my only question would be, would, because I mean, obviously those are like Japanese JRPGs. Do you think like a Western studio would be able to take on a, a take on a JRPG and do it justice?
2: I, I mean, I think so. in this, I mean, in this day and age, like there's, it's not so like maybe like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. you were kind of probably those Western in. Uh, eastern studios are probably and they're set in their you know ways probably didn't have as much kind of cross you know you know working or relationships Uh, whereas i'm sure they do now with in this age i I mean they play those games they're everywhere now they're on pc you know very rarely do you see a japanese you know game even like whatever if even it doesn't come to the xbox it comes to pc usually so i mean you're not locked to just buying it on the PlayStation, or they're locked away on the Sega Saturn, and you'll never see them on any other platform because <laughs> that's where a lot of them went. Um, you know, some other great games that you never got to experience. So I don't think it's a much better issue, mm-hmm. but and it's not like Japanese devs don't make like bad RPGs because they do make. There's plenty of bad RPGs on both sides. So
0: oh, absolutely, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, it, actually, that that is an interesting. Um, perspective on that shock because you're right they have in exile they got obsidian and who knows maybe another studio could tackle it too and we don't even know if they, they're they probably uh, in talks to purchase a couple of other studios uh in the near future but it would be good for them to grab a japanese dev uh, for jrpgs i would say however they have lots of talent in their studios now and i i, I would be interested to see what they could do with the jrpg for sure um Hey, have any of you guys uh obviously Minecraft Dungeons has come out now. I don't know if any of you guys have tried the title yet.
1: That's a negative. Which hmm. game?
0: Minecraft Dungeons.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I thought you said different game. Minecraft Dungeons? No. Sadly, I... Oh, my God. PTK Mm. called me out on this. I I did download it. I actually showed it to my wife last night. We're actually supposed to play it here in the next couple days together because we want to check it out together. Um, I'm really excited. No, I haven't played it yet because I started um, playing a crack rock of a game called Maneater. We'll be doing a review (laughs) for it next week. Shameless plug. Um, anyway uh, but definitely I've also been trying to do work and create a YouTube video, so I haven't had enough to kind of just jump around from game to game. Yeah. Minecraft is on the radar though.
0: Well, it's funny because Yeah, Paris Lockhart, Minecraft Dungeons, you all need to play it. You are absolutely correct. And actually I have played it. I I you know what I, I was kinda curious about this game. I, what I did was, I, again, I'm, I'm not huge on Minecraft whatsoever. Wasn't interested in story mode. Dungeons, however, it, it caught my attention. I played it. I played it for a couple of days off and on, and I beat it yesterday. I gotta admit, fun game. Really fun game. I, I definitely suggest uh, checking it out, fellas. Um, I played it by myself, though. It's probably a lot different when you're playing with like three other people. It's co op. Uh, is Dungeons Cross-Platform Born Distracted? Yes, I believe so. I I, I think. That's one to...
1: thing I've always wanted to know. Is is it cross-play? That is definitely something I've been wanting to uh, uh, know. I think it I is with at least Xbox and PC.
0: Yeah, that's correct. I think it is between Xbox and PC. Um, sorry, guys. Maybe I'm a fraud with that. <laughs> but... Yeah. Well, like I just just I just not a hundred percent knowing if it player. cross-platform. I'm over
1: or. here holding down Fraudland, not playing it. <laughs> well, an Xbox guy, yeah, I also work too much.
0: Look, it's it's a very simple dungeon crawler, but at the same time, it has some really nice uh, spaces that they've created. The soundtrack, surprisingly, is pretty good, uh, honestly, and. Uh, U.K. Dazurus, I always play with myself, Vader, baby. Yes, everybody knows that you do, pal. <laughs> that's, that, oh that, that's not a secret, Daz. That's not no. a secret. Uh, um,
2: from what I hear, I think they'll have, you know, probably another hit on their hands. Probably not anywhere close to what Minecraft is. Because mm-hmm. you even have, like, adults playing Minecraft, making, like, one of my friends um, actually made our whole city of Indianapolis on Minecraft. Like, the whole, and he's been working on for a decade. Oh, um, so hopefully. does that
1: mean that's all he plays?
2: No, but he's added to it year after year him and between him and one other guy um you'll see if you youtube it um but it's really great detail but like you have even adults of pretty much of all age playing minecraft because you can do so many things with it but um but I think this is it's great it's only twenty bucks it's um, I heard from some other podcasts that it was easy to play with their kid to kind of get him in the uh, early stages of like an RPG to kind of understand it because it's a little bit more simple than say Diablo Absolutely but it gets fun. really hard on some of those harder difficulties it's you know really challenging so there's it kind of works for all ages too I guess
1: see that's uh, yesterday on the shop podcast we had Dreadpool and uh, he's he's actually giving me crap in the chat chat right now because uh, he's like you still haven't played Minecraft Dungeons uh, but he was talking about how uh, him and his uh, six year old little girl were playing. And I believe he said he was playing with Fork Boy. And uh, his uh, uh, daughter went in, uh, turned on the other Xbox, uh, started a new character, and actually figured out how to join uh, Dreadpool and F- Fork Boy in their game through matchmaking. And she kept up with them with a new character. Um, and they just had a blast of a time. And this is like that whole thing I was saying last night. This is why Microsoft and PlayStation will never make the same games because uh, PlayStation sees games as a massive source of movie entertainment. So they want to make these games that, in my opinion, that are these blo- blockbuster events. And even though Microsoft wants to do that, and they do try, Microsoft also wants to tackle the other end of the spectrum and create um, software that families can enjoy together. Um, Minecraft Dungeons, I'm looking forward to Grounded. Um, And Mm -hmm. this is just, to me, this is definitely where Microsoft shines best, is in creating games like Minecraft Dungeons, because um, especially with everything going on right now, um, it's just a game to bring people together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it. I'll tell you this much. Again, guys, I I went into it with not too much, not too much as far as expectations go. And man, I just I had a a whale of a time just playing through it. I mean, it's not there's not that much to it but at the same time it's just it's a lot of fun it's a good community game good multiplayer I, well i can see it as a good multiplayer game i just playing with your buddies you know clearing out a few levels come back in a couple of days and so on my only gripe or well my top gripe is that it's short for what it is and like throughout the different levels i probably put at max maybe four to five hours into it it's not really all that long however stating that fellas it's only like a twenty dollar game from what i'm to understand i mean i got through game pass so i mean to me it does its job very well and I, i i can tell that there's expansions already going through for it there's already they're already coming so i'm glad that they have content coming very soon um, but yeah, definitely I, I to everybody listening in and in the chat, definitely check out Minecraft Dungeons. You may be pleasantly surprised. Um, all right, fellas, we will move on. I will a- say it was funny that people were kind of poo-pooing the, uh, the mm-hmm. review scores of
2: like, see what Microsoft touches Minecraft, look what happens to it. Like, you do know they've uh, quadrupled their uh, total unit sales from Minecraft <laughs> since they bought them.
1: But, yeah, we were yeah, yeah, talking totally about that. What year did Minecraft come out?
0: Like twenty. Wasn't it like twenty ten or twenty eleven? I think it was after like that. I think it was after.
2: I think it was after that.
0: Because they I were only out for,
2: that. or maybe it was because they
0: because oh, they God. bought them pretty
2: early, around fifty units sold when when Microsoft bought them, and now they're well, over at two hundred million.
0: Yeah, Microsoft bought them in two thousand September of two thousand fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And right they bombed for oh yeah. May seventeenth two
1: thousand nine was when Minecraft when Minecraft was first released.
0: Ooh wow, even even before that, yeah. And I remember when Microsoft they they what was it they they got a deal for it with uh, Mojang. Uh, this was way before they bought them to get it onto the Xbox, and it literally oh. came down to like the night before, apparently, to sign a deal. So-
1: This is it says initially released as what is now known as Minecraft Classic on May seventeenth, two thousand nine. The game was fully released on November eighteenth, twenty eleven. So whatever that means, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about Minecraft to know what it was before twenty eleven. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) So, but i just with uh, that's why mm-hmm. it was kind of like when you brought up the review scores it was like that graph i sent you guys in the uh, chat last week uh, like, right uh like just how things have differed from then and now um back in those days if you got an 80 you were doing good if you were if you got a 70 you were just fine but now apparently the the uh, the, the grading curve has changed and i think a lot of it
2: is just that color just that perception of it not being green now it's yellow so it's like as soon as it hits that yellow mark, it's like, it's crap.
1: I know. And I But if also it's a
2: 72 or 70, like four, whatever it is see, to turn green, it's like, Oh, now it's okay.
1: My mm. problem was, is what I talked about when, uh, I believe it was here when we first talked about it was, I don't like how mine, uh, excuse me, Metacritic assigns points based on the pap- popularity of mm-hmm. the reviewer site. Um, I don't think that me that basically um, that means um, IGN has more say-so over a competing platform. That's not as popular Um, Meanwhile, the person who did the review at IGN is ticked off that Minecraft is not like Diablo 3 You can't stick a kid on Diablo 3 and expect them to have as great a time as you could on Minecraft Dungeons Um, And a lot of reviews, it was like, well, if you're expecting Diablo 3, blah, 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 it's not going to be as, you know, in-depth or as hard as, you know, it's like, guys, it's Minecraft. It's meant to be actually experienced. The age group for Minecraft or the demographic that that game was created for is much larger than the the demographic for Diablo 3. If you look at it from, at least from a developer point of view, what is the age range for your game? And... You know, even though I know kids do play Diablo 3, the developer was thinking of probably an older crowd. So, anyways, right. That's where I was just saying, like, I don't like how these reviews are sometimes based on, you know, oh, this isn't a great game because it's not Diablo 3. No, it's not Diablo 3, it's Minecraft Dungeons. Why do you have to always knock a game for not being like another game?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And hey, I gave it a shot you know again I'm not exactly the biggest Minecraft fan out there and uh, I I mean I I tried it uh, a couple of nights ago, w- ago with a friend of mine and you yeah, know we had a good time but it was like you know what dungeons just hit a a good spot for me and oh, I like it and if a guy like me can enjoy it then I can definitely you know I highly suggest it to everybody in the chat definitely give Minecraft dungeons a try guys we have lots of stuff to cover tonight but first The first topic is definitely really, like, it's really encouraging in my opinion when it comes to the Xbox Series X ecosystem. And in a post on Xbox Wire, Jason Ronald, the Director of Program Management for the Xbox Series X, announced quite a few features coming to the backwards compatibility library. HDR will be added automatically to older games with zero impact on performance. There will also be Quick Resume that will be designed to work with older titles and, you know, just picking up playing your game from where you left off, just like the new ones. Very interesting feature, to say to say the least, there. Now, guys, I'm going to leave this open to whoever wants to go for it first. Um, guys, uh, you know, we we see these lists of enhancements. Are they significant additions to the Xbox, like that Xbox is adding in, like, HDR Quick Resume?
2: I think HDR can definitely be a, a really big boost, especially if, if, like, say, Sony's not implementing that. Like, I was playing, like I said last week, in Justice, going back to that, Injustice 2, and that game looks really ashy. Like, there's just, it's just missing something. There's, like, a color, it's like, there's just not, the color's not popping on any of these characters, which shouldn't be the case when you have, like, like, I forget their flame guy in DC's comics. But, like, some of those characters and just, like, man, this should pop a little bit more. But when I go to th- playing, like, Killer Instinct, like, everything pops. Like, like, it's fully vibrant in color. So, I think HDR going into that could really help. Uh, that was never intended in the first place. Um, but especially, like, the frames per second, um, that's definitely going be a huge boost going from, like, 30. I think they said any game that was 30 has the possibility to go to 60 and then 60 to 120. So that'll be pretty cool. We've never really had that going into a generation uh, where you're basically getting free, possibly free remasters like we are, where you're going to be like trying, oh, like PC gamers do. Like they get a new graphics card and like, oh, let me try this game now with this newer card that I couldn't really run the way I wanted it or with ultra settings before. You just want to go and test it out. So there's that kind of cool aspect too, so. Definitely think it's a good a good idea or a good uh, program that they're putting in in place.
1: Now, can I hop in and ask? Did they say this is going to be on all of their games when it comes to this backwards compatibility I mean, if, like enhancements?
2: If, if HDR is going to Fusion Frenzy, I would I would think so, but.
0: well from what (laughs) i'm from what i'm to understand hdr should just automatically be added to for the most part everything i'm unless there's some kind of confliction with something that we don't really know about but they you know they probably less know like closer to launch but otherwise they're basically saying all titles like thousands of bloody games and yeah they're able to enhance them as far as the quick resume goes it seems like it's the same case as well the only thing that might be on a a per game basis is adding the ability to double the frame rate of select titles now either it's from 30 frames per second to 60 frames or 60 frames to 120 frames it just it depends on the type of game i'm assuming but otherwise all games for the most part are going to be seeing A big upgrade
1: that's gonna be pretty awesome yeah it's gonna definitely uh make me start tackling probably some of the older titles on my backlog because i have god (laughs) i still want to go back and play star wars knights of the old republic yeah and it'll be great for
2: what was it uh forza horizon three was only 30 frames per second on the xbox whereas they got bumped it up to 60 on the at least i don't think they went back and fixed it for three i'm not sure but i know it was 30 and least when it released and then they made it 60 for forza horizon 4 so it'll be cool because i think a lot of times that's people's favorite the one in australia so that'd be cool to bump that one up
0: Mm -hmm. oh absolutely that one you know what i i I gotta admit uh, i've had forza horizon 4 on my back burner for a while now which is insane because i absolutely love the horizon series but i don't know man i just played so much of them i I just have it Sitting there and I'm, I'm tuning into other games right now. I feel I feel kind of guilty just having it sitting on my shelf But three three is really good actually Well, all of them are for the most part, but yeah three generally is uh pretty well liked and loved and cherished Um, But yeah, you know, you know what I really like the fact that they're doing these uh these free updates to games pretty much And it's for for the most part the entire back library now They stated that there are already thousands of games playable on the Xbox Series X. How important is it to have thousands of older games in the Xbox Series X library just ready to play at launch? Oh, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Centurion.
1: Oh, I just think it's awesome. This is going to be the first generation where you're not going to have to uh, essentially um, trade in a console... Um, you. I'm not even trading a console. Get rid of your older console and get a new one, and just you know, say goodbye to all your old games. You're actually going to be bringing your last uh, generation with you, and at least on the Microsoft side, you're going to be bringing multiple generations with you. And I think it's absolutely awesome.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely, and I remember at the beginning of this generation, fellas. I mean I, I was pretty content with what we had like as far as the exclusive game goes and the library like there was Rise for example for Xbox there was Dead Rising 3 Forza uh, Forza 5 and Killer Instinct although some of those were a little short in the content but there were games in my back li- library that I'm like you know what there's kind of a lull period here with uh, some of the games c- releasing after the initial launch and I went back to my 360 to to go through a, like a few games and it's just it's really nice that they're able to transition like all, over the library because well, R- go ahead
1: I was going to say just think about it like this um with um With the fact that console manufacturers now are not going to try to uh, put up this wall at the end of every generation, we're able to see uh, companies like uh, CD Projekt Red release a game on the caliber of Cyberpunk 2077, literally four months from the end of a console generation. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to take that game and carry it over to your new console, Because through a smart delivery or what you also want to call backwards compatibility, um, you're going to be able to play that game on a Series X, even if you bought it during the Xbox One generation. Um, And I just think it's this is going to mean towards the end of generations. Now, we're not going to be hindered of having no games at the end of a generation because no developer is going to want to release their game at the end of a generation when consoles aren't going to be as... That console is basically going to stop being the number one console. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, What you're saying is going to relate to a lot of gamers, I'm sure. Definitely to me. Uh, It's just impressive what they're doing. You see, they're definitely setting themselves... They're separating themselves from what obviously Nintendo's doing, and especially what Sony's doing, um, they're being extremely consumer friendly, and I I, I really like that aspect of them. Like, right now, they're playing nice, and it's hard to really you know not like what they're doing i mean of course you know i really like the fact that i'll be able to to take my old ex- original xbox disc of crimson skies plug it in there and it'll be it'll be updated it's a it's the exact same game i don't have to spend a dime on anything and it's just ready to go and it'll be improved like what's not to like about that it'd be really cool if they can get
2: original xbox games online since there is people in the pc space that are getting that up and running um or i think in the just the modding community and in general you can you'll be soon be able to get on your original xbox hardware and play online on limited servers so it'd be really cool since 360 games still work that way uh if they can just at least get it up for those select few titles because it's not like there's a ton of games from
0: the og xbox anyway
2: but Mm -hmm. that'd be cool if they could just somehow get that to work but
0: yeah, the thing is though, when you look at the like the current backwards compatibility list for the Xbox One, obviously they stopped updating it. There, yeah, there's only a select number of OG games, unfortunately. So uh, most of the ones, you know, they do have a, a nice selection there. However, they're missing a whole bunch of key exclusives. Like, you know how much I love Mech assault? Come on, like they gotta they have. Dev, they let
2: get. Like they dev, They close down.
0: <laughs> well microsoft still has the rights as far as i know so yeah they just
2: closed down yeah i think that was the uh don closed that one down yeah Uh, (laughs) but i think also uh shoot what was i gonna say with the uh i think they're gonna still add to it i think they just put a halt on it so they can make sure all the xbox one official games could work with the new hardware so i i think they're gonna pick back up at least i hope because they said it's all up to the publisher, and they got some Sega games on there. So it was weird that they added Panzer Dragoon, but not uh, what Jet Set. Yeah, I don't think Jet Set Future got on there. So that was like, that's another Sega game. So if all they had to do is give permission, but I'm guessing that's probably where they just had, hey, we need to focus on Xbox One games, make sure that's 100% first, and then we'll maybe pick back up later,
0: hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comment in the chat, they closed it down, but they have 15 studios. Yeah, this was from uh, years ago, years ago. um, They slowly did a culling of studios, unfortunately. I mean, there was that studio. Uh, you know what, the name is not coming to me at this point in time, unfortunately. um, But you look at Ensemble Games as well, they had done... Uh, what was it? Age of Empires. They were. They did Halo Wars and then they shuttered them in 2010 or 2009, I believe. They, they closed a bunch of studios. Unfortunately. Shut down the
2: Amtidev and said, screw it, we're not going to make that NFL fever anymore. <laughs> we're going to let EA deal with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely... Uh, fastback. Phil has mentioned MechaSalt, but think there is one similar on Steam. You know what? Um... Phil has talked about Mech Assault. Uh, I, I even did a video on it a couple of years ago, wanting to bring Mech Assault back. It's just, you know what? There's things rumbling right now. Apparently, there's a mech game in the works, if you believe what Clobriel, uh, his statements going back a couple of years ago. Anything's possible. And then there have been comments from the dev working on MechWarrior, uh, Piranha, Piranha Games there, about you know there's they've been talking with microsoft about something this was about a year or so ago they've been going back and forth but they can't share anything so i'll be very curious be very curious to see what comes out of that if they will make an announcement at uh at their event in july or at another point in time in the near future but definitely definitely uh very curious to see what if there's anything in the mecha salt future if
2: there's a partnership with sega Sega could take that on since they did. I think they're the ones, or no, that was Capcom that did st- Steel Battalion, right?
0: Yes, yes. With the, um, uh, me- Sega for a second, the Megalith controller, <laughs> the huge, huge controller. I don't even want to call it a controller. You guys know what I mean, but uh, um, I think
2: Sega could also, they have they're big in arcades, so I think they could take on maybe like a, a Mecha
0: Soul game, that type of mm-hmm. action game. Yeah, I don't know about everybody else. I just, I like mech games personally. Just, I don't know. It's, it's my thing. What can I say? I'm, I'm big on the mech games. Um, oh, Sega did Chromehounds. Yeah, you are correct. Wasn't that uh, from, oh, Software? from Software? From uh, Software did it, I it think. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be, uh, <laughs> that would be very interesting. Right, lots of Sega talk right now, funny enough. We will get to that later in the show. But, uh, yeah, there's been lots of teases with Sega. Yeah. Um, all right, fellas, uh, do you have, do you guys have anything else to add to this?
1: Backwards compatibility rocks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most people would agree with that. I mean, it's it's hard not to really enjoy just the ease well, uh, of it.
1: I, I I almost believed my sheep herder when he told me that no one plays uh, old games, and I had to really kind of go home and have some self reflection on what I wanted as a consumer
2: yeah it and i think that stats kind of you know misleading because we just never entered in a gen where so many people have their investment in a digital library like they do now um oh yeah and plus no on way, day yeah. one you're having possibly full backwards compatibility and you're getting all these great features with the ssd the loading times are going to be super quick um as well as the hdr implementation um and this frames for second we've have it, we haven't we weren't able to do that with the even the 360 games to xbox one we've maybe had stable or more stable frame rates than what they were like ninja gaiden 2 but you didn't have all those other boosts so i think that's going to be a cool thing where people are are, are going to be doing it a lot especially if there's you know if this whole virus thing and everything that's going on is making game development slow and there's not many as many next-gen next gen games hitting the, you know, day-one launch window. So, I mm-hmm, think it definitely. might be a bigger, bigger stat this time around.
0: Yep. No, that's for sure, fellas. Um, yeah, well, again, I love backwards compatibility. It makes me pretty happy. I remember when they announced it, everybody was like, wow, it really uh, dropped people's jaws back in 2015. So... Mm-hmm.
1: You know what makes backwards compatibility gratifying is when you go to try to buy one of these titles that were backwards compatible, but contracts ran out, you know, we'll use, um, oh my God, Overlord. Um, Mm -hmm. that game, the first game is actually, it's a backwards compatible game, but they're not allowed to sell it digitally anymore, at least here in the States because of some reason, um, and, but so I went to my local GameStop and actually found a th- actual Xbox 360 version of it on the disc, and that's what I loved about it was like you can actually go out and get the physical game and put it in there and still play it even though you can't buy it digitally now. Yeah,
2: yeah that's what I've been doing. They're pretty; they're still dirt cheap compared to the marketplaces. Kind of a. <laughs> Price or they're pretty high priced <laughs> on some of them. So unless you catch up on like on a sale. some
1: of them, on some of them, yes. But um, usually like, around the, ten bucks. But the yeah, popular, popular ones like if you go looking for nights, if you go looking for like Knights of the Old Republic on the original Xbox, sometimes they want like w- a lot for that game. What you would pay for it brand new? I mean, excuse me, digitally, and you know that's one thing you t- you gonna now you're buying a disc that is literally what 20 years old almost 20 years old and they're wanting a very large price for it and you can go buy it digitally for the same price and you don't got to worry about having problems with the disc so definitely that i don't i I remember when basically yeah i definitely uh have seen a couple places for the popular games actually try to mark them up um just because they hit oh this one just dropped
2: Backwards compatibility, you see the price for like Conquer skyrocket on eBay to like 60 (laughs) bucks. Um,
1: I remember when the Ghostbusters game um, became backwards compatible before the remaster. Mm -hmm. Um, That game was like dirt cheap, and all of a sudden it became backwards compatible. That thing skyrocketed to 20, like $20, $25. Um, Same with uh, Call of Duty. Whenever that would
2: hit, it would shoot up on uh, GameStop and Amazon. The, yeah, they would then, GameStop would raise the price I think on a few a few times.
1: That's what the, that's actually the place I saw it mostly come from was GameStop cuz I it, when you would go into the store and all of a sudden they have the original Knights of the Old Republic displayed like on a me- it's not on the wall but it's on a mezzanine in the middle of the floor but it's still displayed. It's just like, yeah, now all of a sudden this game's backwards compatible and it was sitting in a back room and you didn't care last week, but now here it's out here with a with a $20 price tag on it because you heard it became backwards compatible.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Backwards compatibility offers so much to gamers and just extremely friendly. I mean, there's, there's not really too much not to like about it. Uh, the chat is pretty, it seems to be pretty positive about it. I don't see why anyone wouldn't be, but I don't know, guys. But, you know what, guys? We will move on to the next set of news, and Xbox head Phil Spencer states that you may not appreciate how much better next-gen games are until you can feel the improvements that come with the increased frame rates. Now... On Reggie Philame's new podcast, Phil acknowledged that it's been challenging to demonstrate the power of next-generation consoles, that Microsoft is facing new dilemmas trying to convey the appeal of much faster frame rates and, you know, all the other goodies associated with new consoles, etc. Now, again, guys, I'm just going to put this out there to anyone that wants to go Go for it first. Is Phil overstating things here, or you know, because you know, honestly, like console makers, they are worrying right now that they can't show off the true capabilities of these consoles, or is it just you know, or you know, is is he just kind of overstating things? Yeah, I think with the with some of the things that
2: they're implementing in the in this uh, next gen it's hard to kind of display that even with that unreal trailer and demo to really show that off through like your, whatever the bandwidth is with YouTube or Twitter to really see the, you're not really, not, you know, seeing the HDR other than like when you show with Minecraft, that that was a good way to actually show it off. Cause it was such a difference, you know, to actually make it like, Oh wow. It looks like a completely different game. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's, probably what he's getting at um but also at the frame rate because we're used to most uh like third part like third person games uh still doing 30 frames per se- 30 frames a second unless it's maybe a first party like gears or halo um so i think when you see that and especially the jump to 120 that's going to be a huge thing that i don't know if maybe old twitch shooters and maybe old like Retro games may have had a super high frame rate like that, but nothing in recent memory that I could think of that was 120. So it's, you know, that's an experience in itself that some gamers have never experienced. Might not even have a TV that can actually experience it. I think mine locks at 60, so I think I have to upgrade that to even get that other than my monitor. So those mm-hmm. would be cool things to experience that most gamers haven't, you know, tried out yet
0: yeah absolutely and it's frustrating too i can see i can definitely feel what phil's saying here because it's, it's frustrating from from their perspective i can see it they got this new console coming out even on sony's side too and Nobody was expecting this huge dilemma. This, you know, this situation that we have going on in the world with, uh, you know, the the current uh, disease virus that's been making the rounds, unfortunately, and these companies, much like the rest of the world, have had to adjust to this these circumstances and now they got this product coming out in a few months and they're finding it really difficult to showcase it they can't demo it properly they, you know, nobody can you know stand in line and you know just play the game to actually see for themselves so there's definitely obstacles here unfortunately for them and uh, you know a lot of people are gonna be tuning into these uh, these online showcases and they're like well you know what it looks like what I've been playing on my Xbox one or PlayStation uh, Four, but you know, I'm, I'm not seeing that much of a difference, and I guess they kind of suffer because of that. I don't
1: see that's where because there's more issues with they can't really do a very, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but maybe they, from what I've seen on the internet, at least with everything going on, is they can't do a show that is very, very heavy um, when it comes to the demand of just how much internet um, you need, because obviously a lot of these uh, internet companies have lowered down bandwidth and slowed a lot of services for people. So I really don't know if they're able to display these live events in the quality that people are looking for to begin with because they're even because when they upload it people are saying like the uploads on youtube the vast majority of them look absolutely great but when you watch it on a live event it looks like trash just because of uh the just the state of the internet infrastructure around the world i guess i don't know
2: yeah i think Um, even when you saw ghost of tsushima that first live stream it was looking rough and then when they finally re-uploaded it, it was like oh wow this looks way better so things like that can really Make it hard to really show the the new yeah next and,
1: year and well, then like you're saying
2: yeah
1: so like you're saying um you know people aren't able to get in line to uh, see these because uh, I'll say it I actually got to play on an Xbox One X before they were even sold in the public they had an event here in Arizona and I went to it and I saw what I was gonna get they handed me the controller gave me a T shirt and I got to play uh. Forza Horizon 4 before it even came out, and it was on the Xbox One X, and I was totally excited because they had it hooked up to a QLED. I do not own a QLED or an OLED. I would love one one day. Um, But anyways, uh, definitely it's going to be really hard to kind of sell these products to people without being able to properly show what they're capable of. And the downside also is... Like, you know, what Shockley was talking about, most TVs don't really do over sixty frames a second. So are they even able to show the true capabilities of this console on a on a standard television?
0: Mm, that's a good question. But I mean that's that's why you'd have some of these demos out, right? To showcase, unfortunately. You know, that kind of sucks. And you look at from Microsoft... like, some of
2: the bigger name brands do.
0: Mm.
1: It's yeah, some like, of the bigger I think Samsung brand.
2: and Sony, but like my TCL doesn't, unless it's the seventy inch model, then that one they've allowed to do one twenty, but
1: see that's where I'm not, um,
2: budget HDR.
1: I <laughs> see that's why the, I hate using the term budget or you know, the or the value brand television. You know, people afford what they can afford and more often or not, people are affording these uh these um non name brand televisions that sometimes don't have like the the refresh rates or the HDR that's all there because like I'll, I actually have two Samsungs here. Um, I have a Samsung back when HDR was just coming around. So the HDR on my living room television is crap compared to the Samsung 8000 in my bedroom and i mean like when you put something on on that screen with the hdr it is a night and day difference i mean i love watching television on that
0: 8000 mhm definitely it's just it's an interesting position for microsoft especially this gen because obviously well they kind of got a shit-kicking right at the beginning of it, unfortunately, and uh, you know, they've had to slowly climb their way back, and you look at how things are looking, you know, everybody was excited for E3, and then again, this thing came up, this virus, and uh, now it's, it's a big change of not, plans to all this, these companies.
1: Not to just <clears throat> jump in and interrupt again, but there is one thing that just popped into my head on how Microsoft could possibly go about demoing this product. Hopefully, somewhere someone's listening. Um, I would find probably the most um, logical, level-minded content creators I could on YouTube. And I don't want to say give them a Series X. Maybe let them have one for a short period of time or or would be it. Just allow these guys that know what they're talking about. And definitely have the joy of gaming, you know, have these consoles for a little while and then publish their their thoughts on what it was like to actually play on a console like that and their experiences. And that would probably go over a lot better than just trying to convince people that these consoles are worth it. Are you
0: talking about influencers?
1: Yeah, sorry, influencers. <laughs> yes, influencers. But you would have to really choose the right ones, ones that definitely would... I think um, they can do Austin. Take it seriously.
2: Austin, uh, Austin Evans, who they gave it the some of it with, like he got to play Minecraft and Gears. He was the other guy other than Digital Foundry that they allowed uh, to test it out or kind of give his feedback. So I think he's pretty objective. Kevin Kenson, heck, you could do even spawn wave from the gaming, more of the gaming side community. Yes. Uh, so
0: mm-hmm. I think those are
2: all – I think there's definitely plenty of ones they can find.
0: Mm-hmm. Now here's an interesting interesting thought because obviously Microsoft is promoting more cross-gen right now. You know, for the next year or so, they're going to be putting their exclusives still on the Xbox One, but obviously having well more features from the sounds of things on the Xbox Series X and you know better graphics, frame rates, etc. But I mean with cross-gen they're in a pretty good place, right? Because people don't need to necessarily go out, like, again, like everybody's being affected by the way that things are. People people are already going to, Xbox fans are already going to have these consoles, right? So at the same time, they're not going to hurt as much going forward. Whereas, actually, i will be interested to see what how Sony does, to be honest with you, because they're really pushing forward with next gen, with the PlayStation 5 but you know i can time, see where
2: xbox has a boost there like if there were like any shortages you know with everything that's being affected cuz sony can't really sell you their next gen game if you don't have their console whereas microsoft's still going to sell you halo if you're on pc xbox mm-hmm. one or series x so well
0: that's what i'm talking about because again their their games are going to be everywhere wh- whether it be on the uh, the x cloud or i mean that's still obviously in beta but i mean it is going to be coming at the well presumably presumably if things are on track at the end of the year officially um yeah pc xbox one and of course the series x but it's going to be all over the place whereas playstation is well they're really again pushing forward with a playstation 5 so you know they have uh, strategically microsoft's in a pretty good place even with the xbox one so it's kind of in a way this situation is becoming kind of interesting in accordance with like the whole the console situation but uh, you know what guys we will move on to another topic again it's just it's very interesting to see like Phil's comments here and again like seeing these companies as demo, the, the games like not being able to do that, unfortunately, I'll, I'll be very curious to see how they they entertain things going into their own events. But speaking of that, we will head right into pretty big news. And Sony has announced a PlayStation 5 event for June 4th. Now, that's extremely soon, obviously, just a few days away for crying out loud. And their intent on showcasing gameplay from a, from like large and small studios. Now, again, guys, whenever you want to jump in, that's fine. Whoever wants to be first on this topic, like, we really don't know what they'll be showing off, Sony. But ideally, guys, what would you like to see PlayStation announce at this event? Like, what kinds of games and so on?
1: Oh, I'm going to go first. Shockley's always been going first. Ah, uh, Now, um, PlayStation. What would I like to see them show? Well, we already know they're going to show us probably some amazing um, first-party games. Um, some of them that we've already known about for a very long time that have been advertised to us year after year. I hope there's some new IPs in there to kind of get us hyped for next-gen. I hope there's some confirmation on some of these sequels. Just because these games are absolute rave successes, I will never, ever get my hopes up until it's absolutely confirmed that there is somebody working on some of these games. Um, but, um, definitely I would like to see some more details on the PS5. I'm hoping they kind of let us see the form. I don't believe they're going to reveal a price. I know both of these uh, companies are going to be literally playing this cat and mouse mouse game with the price tag. I, I believe, I hope not. Um, but the big major thing was, I kind of remember what you said about what, um, I believe you said it was Jim, what Jim Ryan said that they were going to show at this event. Didn't he say that? About they were going to show true exclusives?
0: That's correct. Uh, they're basically, okay, so the plate, so yeah, Jim Ryan, he he did speak with uh, Game Industry Biz recently, and he was asked whether... Sony is planning on supporting exclusives across both generations, kind of similar to what Microsoft's uh, statements have been, and you know, with the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X. Now, this is what Ryan stated. He said, We believe in generations, and whether it's the DualSense controller, whether it's 3D audio, whether it's multiple ways that the SSD can be used. We are thinking that it's time to give the PlayStation community something new, something different that can really only be enjoyed on the PS5. Now, basically, that's their with going forward with the PS5. Yeah, they believe that in the true, ex, the true exclusives for the console generation. Centurion,
1: see that to me, it's like true exclusives. So, um. True exclusives mean that they're only specific to that platform. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where um, I want to kind of forgive me. I'm just going to be blunt about it. Um, Are you lying through your teeth to me? Because Microsoft has no problem letting people know they're going to put a title on PC where PlayStation literally tries to sneakishly behind your back, make you think that this is going to be an exclusive exclusive. And once they've made their money off of you, they're going to plaster it all over PC anyways because they want more money. But they go about doing it totally different than Microsoft. I feel Microsoft is more open and definitely uh, wants to support the PC crowd uh, openly where PlayStation has dabbled in putting games on PC in the past and we all know this is the future for gaming to, to basically be successful and continue making money. you got to put your game on more platforms. And the PC market is definitely um, an intriguing market to, to Sony. We'll just say that. And that's where I have an issue with the idea of true exclusives because at least I know Microsoft isn't going to come out on stage uh, and intentionally lie to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting the different strategies involved with both xbox and playstation now um they're definitely branching out in fact aaron greenberg uh, head of xbox marketing he made a statement uh, a couple of days ago that xbox believes in generations generations of games that play on latest hardware taking advantage of next gen innovation offering more choice value and variety than any console launch ever All our studio titles launch into Game Pass and you get those next-gen games upgrades for free. So, you know, definitely some uh, different wording here. He's talking about Game Pass as well. And just the value of choice and variety that, again, people didn't have before like we did this gen earlier on. Yeah, which I think is
2: them talking about, like, generations. It's just them just letting you know that if you want their new game or whatever games they show off, you're going to have to buy that new console. Whereas like Microsoft's whole thing is like Game Pass. They just want you in your their ecosystem. That's their most important thing to them right now. Um, Because if you go back to the PS4, um, what did they really snack? Killzone. Those those games could have been on the PS3. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you want to say visually Killzone, because it looks stunning. It was also 30 frames a second. And okay, well, Game game design-wise, like gameplay, it was nothing special. So you could have still made that same game and, you know, look how Witcher and Doom look on the Switch. But completely look, you know, pretty bad compared to, like, an Xbox One X or a PC. So I'm like, you still see that, wow, it looks great on the PC. Wow, it looks terrible. Or, you know, definitely a downgrade on the Switch. So I, there was no games. I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. the games at the beginning of the console do not blow you away it's usually you know unless it's a groundbreaking thing like halo um from a game like that was just more of like there's just never that there just wasn't that game implemented in the right way that genre on console you know other than like golden eye which was you know tim's 10, 10 frames a second um but yeah i, I don't see other—that's basically it. All it is all of them just telling you, "Hey, you want to buy a console?" And that's totally fine. That's the way they want to kind of go about it. Microsoft's doing it another way. I think you saw that uh, article with Paul Paul Tosi from Forbes. He was saying like, "Oh, my, or uh, Sony's doing it the right way. Microsoft's doing it the wrong way." And I'm like, they're selling it on PC, so they don't care if you're just buying their Xbox Series X if you're still buying all their subscriptions and buying all their. Games and tied into their ecosystem, they're still getting your money. It's like an iPhone. If I have the newest one or I have uh, iPhone nine E, I'm still buying all my apps and everything through Apple, so they're still getting my money. So,
0: mm-hmm. no, absolutely. And this whole thing about the ecosystem, it's actually it's really refreshing that we're able to have these conversations, uh, going into next gen and can, in comparison to earlier. Uh, this last gen, because I purposely, you know, I didn't buy, I bought some digital uh, games on the 360, for example, but I was wondering, I'm like, are they going to carry over these games into the next set of consoles? Because again, people were starting to invest more in digital, for example, and we didn't want, I didn't personally want to carry over, like, I was kind of worried that my games wouldn't be able to carry over or my saves and so on and you know within a couple of years i'm like oh you know what they're not doing it and lo and behold microsoft does that they carry over all these games and it was just fantastic and they've been adding to it and the whole thing about generations just you're i call it a legacy personally just because they're remembering the game titles that were in their previous library and I just, I just, again, I think it's a great idea just to be able to branch over all these, these game titles from previous generations. Like, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's a smart consumer move.
1: Um, to bring up one game, if you don't mind, of where backwards compatibility actually is a favor to us. Um, I actually mentioned it earlier. Um, so the re, uh, the Ghostbusters game that came out. Um, During the Xbox 360 generation. That like I'm 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 a big movie guy and I'm not dissing the the Ghostbusters remake uh, with all the female actors. But it was definitely not what the Ghostbuster fans were looking for. And it had nothing to do with the actresses. Mm. It had everything to do with just the 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 world on how much they changed the Ghostbusters world. They were hoping for a continuation what was real now this is where we get with backwards compatibility that ghostbusters game that came out during the 360 era was actually written when uh i believe harold rames was also still alive
0: yes him and dan Aykroyd and wrote him the script dan
1: Aykroyd, and actually bill murray helped them do some of the vocals they actually got people like they actually <laughs> got together to create this game yeah. to, to create this script this game is touted as the sequel as the ghostbusters movie we should have got when they did that remake Mm-hmm. And this is where backwards compatibility is a benefit to us because would you rather sit around listening to people talk about this great game or actually be able to go and play this game? And it was actually such a successful thing that this game gained so much popularity as a result that even though it was backwards compatible, they still went in and remastered that game at don't get me wrong, it's not nothing nothing ga- ah nothing groundbreaking. The Proton stream looks absolutely amazing. The Proton pack has all this HDR on it. I don't it looks awesome, but it's not mm. they changed it. Anyways, I'm just saying that's a good example in my head of why backwards compatibility is a must because it keeps games like this from fading away into non-existence.
0: Yeah absolutely but the whole thing too is like at the beginning of any gen kind of like what i was stating earlier there's a a, after you play maybe the first two three games you pick up there's usually a lull and you're kind of bored so that's why you know some people go back to their pile of games saying on their previous console their older console because there's a backlog and it's like well it's kind of nice i'll be able to carry over those games uh
2: remember the titanfall everybody was like blown away from its gameplay uh but guess what one the biggest one that had the biggest buzz from e3 that went that was on 360 as well so mm-hmm. like it could still work and still you can still blow people away with the gameplay obviously that short-lived because it didn't have a, a campaign or a story mode like
0: mm-hmm. titanfall
2: 2 uh, but that was just more they i guess maybe didn't want to put as much into it until they kind of saw the results but that's still that's a perfectly good example huge buzz probably more buzz than some of the early even infamous second son and some of the other sony yeah. exclusives and that was a 360 game on both consoles so.
0: yeah well the, the thing with that was it was respawn's first game and everybody was wondering what the heck you know vince impala and like a whole bunch of the uh, old call of duty team were creating right and then oh yeah Yeah, microsoft they got titanfall they they sort of half funded it and uh yeah lo and behold turned out to be a pretty darn good game i'm just hey i'm sitting here waiting for titanfall 3 like i'm really really curious to see i mean i don't think it's in development right now unfortunately but they better not forget about it because i i would not with apex (laughs) yeah yeah well that's the thing right um like, I'm not much of a hero shooter, guys. So I don't really play Apex. But, I mean, I can appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But just something about that Titanfall multiplayer. And the campaign, yeah, the campaign in the second one was uh, pretty good. Um, not going to lie there. But, yeah, guys, it's interesting seeing, you know, comments from uh, Jim Ryan about the whole true exclusives thing. Uh, going back to the actual... Event coming on the fourth, though. I would. L- I don't know about everybody else, especially in the chat. I would love to see a new twisted metal game. Personally, I see, think that... that'd be
1: that'd be good to resurrect that. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Sweet Tooth and just actually? Like, I'm not just like. I actually like you mentioned twisted metal. Imagine the game physics that would be possible now. Because back in those days, it was just a health bar. You didn't really do anything. But now you could have, like, mm-hmm. you know, parts of the cars get ripped off, dude like actual physical damage. You could. It would be very interesting and amazing what they could do with today's technology in a game like Twisted
0: Metal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, Twisted Metal is one of those games. Like, when I see. Well, again, we've only seen so much gameplay, like, well, you know, the uh, Unreal Engine 5, for example. But. I mean, and just imagine again the Unreal Engine Five with running on a uh, PS Five. You know, just the the thought of a that kind of a well, not racing game, but you know what I mean the that arena, uh, racing game and the combat and the particle effects going on from all the explosions and like dust kicking up and like I'm just I'm just thinking of all these things and I'm salivating at the thought, you know?
1: Dude, like in today's model, like oh my god, this would be a A conversation in itself but in today's world twisted metal would make an absolute sorry to say people feel how you want be a great games as a service you would have it would be like an arena you know you'd have your arena battle um you'd obviously be able to probably play a main campaign but there would be something geared towards multiplayer you'd be able to uh, get skins for your characters to kind of uh you know, create individuality with them and all sorts of stuff. Like, I really do think there's a lot of potential for the Twisted Metal franchise as um, something that just, like, look at, like, Overwatch. People go in there every single night, fight it out, and uh, these characters um, almost are are all individualized by someone's tastes and preferences.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Also, SOCOM would be a big... Win for them because I know there's a ton of sony fans that are huge, you know, or huge fans of the series. So, uh, especially is- if, with how uh, Rainbow Six came back, I, I that's definitely one they could implement. And I don't know if they're, uh, <laughs> it's been so long, so who knows?
1: I was actually gonna say, yeah, no, that's actually a name I see go around a lot is SoCom. I never i played it for like 10 15 minutes at a friend's house once, but never got into it but I have heard a lot of people talk about socom I guess it's like a a way better version of call of Duty Do uh, uh, I don't wolf well, I don't know about that like
2: it seemed it was cool in like it's day but because I don't think did they have one on the ps three I don't know have. about
1: the ps three I know it was on ps two
2: yeah that was the last time I've seen it which
0: I'm pretty sure there was a SOCOM yeah. on PS3, <laughs> oh, okay. but I, I think the studio shuttered. If I'm not mistaken, um, how? Yeah, because it wasn't at Zipper Interactive. If I'm not, I yeah,
2: remember? Probably I, that sounds familiar.
0: I'm pretty sure that was the studio. Um, well, yeah, another SOCOM would be cool. I I don't know if I'm implementing like a Rainbow Six, uh, like kind of a gameplay would be good for it personally. Just I, I think it's a different kind of tactical shooter altogether, but hey, you know what? I Seeing SOCOM come back, just the name alone, I think would do wonders. I know a lot of PlayStation fans want to see that come back. And hey, all the power to them. I hope that they do reignite that franchise, personally. So... But, fellas, you know what? We will see what happens in the coming days. There's definitely going to be... Uh, we're we're going to see some games. We're going to see some games. And I'm really excited for that. Uh, and I, wa- I definitely want to see what the PlayStation 5 can, can produce. Now, we will move on to our next subject at hand. And, Centurion, you're going to like this. Developer at Ebb Software, currently making the sci-fi horror game Scorn... Has been rather chatty over the past month since the game was revealed as a console exclusive for the Xbox Series X. Why is it exclusive? Well, according to Lubomir Peklar, it's very simple. And that's his words. He says, as good performance uh, of the game, well, sorry, good performance of the game is important to us, and the Xbox Series X is a very capable hardware that enables parity with the PC version of the game. We can't discuss anything regarding the PlayStation that's what he says now Centurion I'll I'll definitely head over to you on this one I know you've been very interested in the game and the developer as we spoke earlier and ju- judging by what he's saying is parody with the PC a huge selling point to the game developers to, like just towards the Xbox series X
1: now when you like there so I'm just trying to under that's where I would trying to understand the question so you're saying they're trying to leverage the fact it's going to be just like a high end PC on the Series mm-hmm. X as it's going to be its main selling point. Um, that will definitely be something that will turn some heads because when was the first time you, when was the last time you heard anybody said a console had parity with a PC? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you don't hear that too often. It's just the developer chose it. Well, supposedly because again, it's going to be able to hit those specific specifications. So I mean, you're dealing with a pretty uh, powerful kit with the Xbox Series X.
1: Um, yeah, definitely. Um, especially with uh, at least with what I read on what is going on. Um, they want to have some physics in the game that are pretty um. I don't want to call them re- revolutionary, but they want to have an amount of detail in the game you don't really see a lot of guys uh, put interest on. Like, you know, in most games when you run up to an object and grab it, it's just like this, queen, this clean swipe movement and the, the object's actually physically in your hand. Uh, they want it to be where when you grab an object, you physically see your hand go underneath this object and actually pick it up and physically hold it like the like you know you're actually physically interacting with this object same with the computers and other things that go on in the game they want there to be like a physical connection and i mean there's a a massive amount of detail to this game and i think it's detail and just what it's trying to do is going to be one of the main reasons why it's on series x to begin with and it's really good to see that A game developer was not willing to lower their ambitions or standards just to get a game on a platform. They instead uh, decided to wait for a more uh, powerful system because we all know this game was actually shown in 2017 at Mm -hmm. E3 and it kind of went radio silent since then. And now here we are with the Series X, and they're ready to uh, try to release this game. And it's going to be definitely an experience I want to check out. And because it's going to be on Game Pass, it's going to be possible.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, it was interesting. I've been reading up on this game over the past week. Well, I, well since it got announced for the Xbox Series X. But I found it so interesting that since they uh, demoed that game a couple of years ago... Uh, going into the series X, they've had to like recreate the game for like about 80% of it. Like, they've had to completely rework it. It's pretty amazing when you think about the scope,
1: yeah. And like, that, like, as that gameplay that was actually in my video came from um back in uh, I believe it was September 2017, it was a gameplay video, and yeah, they were actually saying that you know pretty much 80% of that small little slice that was shown is completely different. And that can be said about a majority of the game. And I think that's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, again, Scorn, you know, I could understand them wanting to push uh, the envelope with this game graphically because this game has a certain art style to it. We touched on it earlier that, Again, it has this very earthy, organic feel to it. And it's not just going to be, like, metal hallways. It's not just going to be, like, empty corridors. Like, everything around you it's going to look like, I want to say that it's living and breathing in a lot of ways. And they, it just seems like they really want to be able, like, for the... For the player to get that sense of you're in like in a living, breathing like environment when you look at what they're trying to do with the game.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's insane. The scope that you got to just go on the Kickstarter page and read from the developers just the amount of scope that they have wanted to put into this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now. Peklar recently commented on the SSDs and the CPUs oh, being used God. This in is the where next.
1: People ju- are gonna be mad. Sorry, yeah.
0: That. Oh no no no. And you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> it's definitely send. I've seen some of the conversations Dude, on how Twitter. Many,
1: how many? How many developers are gonna come come out and poke holes in this 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 SSD <laughs> freaking time warp? Um, flux capacitor device that apparently is able to bend the space-time continuum, but go ahead and inform the world once again what everybody's been saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so he's he commented on the SSDs and CPUs being used in the next gen consoles. And Peclar stated that while the SSDs will bring improvements, like he's, you know, he's saying that, you know, it's a good thing overall. It's the power of the actual CPU that will be the biggest change with the Xbox Series X, the pure power that it has. Now, I mean, Centurion, like, do you, like, just judging by it, what we've been reading about, like, the tech behind this, do you agree with his statement about the CPU versus the SSD?
1: Yes, he also made a a comment saying that our biggest shortfall this gen is the CPU in these consoles. These consoles have not had one problem when it comes to the hard drive on on these consoles. Yes, we understand an SSD is way better than what's in these consoles now. So there's going to be an obvious performance boost from there. But like he said, the big shortfall this gen Was the GPUs in these consoles, which is why these, uh, at least the Series X, has this monster of a GPU living inside of it because Microsoft knew the main problem was the GPU and therefore they wanted to uh, give an SSD that worked well with the GPU. Like people, some people don't really, everybody, I remember when the Series X came, I'm not the Series X, the Xbox One X came out at first and it had that, just small hard drive space everybody was like why does it have that small hard drive space in the in the very first ones that were released and one of the uh, hardware developers explained was they wanted to use a larger hard drive the only problem was it didn't the optimization wasn't there between that hard drive and the and the other equipment in the box so they went with a smaller hard drive that was better optimized to work better with everything in that box which is why microsoft doesn't always try to slap parts off the shelf into a box they look at the overall project and how they can make work one part work but ah, work well with another now i'm rambling mm-hmm. and silence <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I think the, the SSD, I think, is definitely going to be the biggest boom. And it's and it's funny, everybody's saying like, oh, look at all the praise the PS5's getting because of their SSD and what it's going to do. And I'm like, when you actually read the comments from all these devs that are praising it, um, they're talking about SSD in general. They're not saying, wow, the difference from uh, Microsoft's SSD to PS fives is just going to change everything. No, that's not what they're saying, but (laughs) I think that's going to allow them just to load in the assets. So, you know, just take a load off of the, uh, like the GPU for one. Um, but yeah, I think, I think both of them are big boost. That's the one ball that kind of got dropped there with Xbox one X. And I understand they probably had to keep the CPU similar just to make it more easily compatible for devs. Probably. Um, but now you're not going to have the CPU holding back the GPU. So Xbox One X got a beefy GPU, got put it into it, but the CPU is still kind of that old Jaguar core. Whereas this one has a CPU with a, you know, equipped with the power that it needs with a GPU to match with bandwidth on that, uh, with the RAM that's going to be put into it and now SSD. I mean, uh, that's probably why the that scoring developers, you know, wanting to put it only on. Um, the these next gen consoles and not wanting to go back back and forth, I could definitely see it with that type of art style. You probably want to get every intricate, you know, detail of that art on screen. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: So that's probably why. But yeah, I think the SSD is going to be probably the biggest boost, in, in my opinion, probably since we went from f- to HD. You know, I think that's just going to be something you can see and you know, it's tangible. I can jump into my game. Six games at once, you know, something you can't do. So that's something that's going to come across to the consumer pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I liked
1: what he said that um, a lot of these developers are not going to really truly know how to optimize their game to work with these SSD drives right away. Um, and as time goes on, developers are going to find new and better ways to leverage these SSD hard drives, which are actually going to improve loading times even more and improve uh, game quality even more. Just as the because he's like, this is the first time really you're getting SSD hard drives in console gaming. So there's definitely going to be that period of time where game developers are, are, are feeling it out.
0: Mm hmm yeah it to me regarding his comments on the matter just it sounded like he thinks that developers are going to be lazy in a lot of ways because it's like you can make with these ssds extremely large worlds that load instantly but then if they litter it with just you like the same old stuff it's not really pushing anything did forward I, no, is it
1: did i say gpu and i said cpu i just realized what i did
0: yeah you said gpu
1: Jesus, I am so sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> it's all right. To...
1: It's what I do, people. I always gotta bumble something. Sorry.
0: Ah, it's all right, Centurion. Uh... No, I, like to be honest, I I didn't even notice, but uh, I, I think that
1: saying GPU and CPU ten times faster. See where you end up.
0: I think the chat will forgive you on this one, but I don't know about uh, for the next show. So uh, better review your notes, pal. <laughs> sorry. But. Either way, guys, like, I'm really interested in this Scorn Dev's um, comments on the whole matter. He's been very vocal the past month, so obviously he's excited about what the Xbox Series X can bring. Then again, I mean... You know when you make a deal with microsoft i don't think you really have a choice but to be supportive of their uh their hardware <laughs> but um either way just very exciting times and uh, very interesting comments by him <coughs> um anyways <clears throat> sorry my throat's a little dry right now but moving on to our final topic And guys, you know, there's been a lot of uh, of talk about this one over the past few days, and it seems as if we may indeed have a big Sega announcement on our hands soon. Now, during a live stream, a Japanese tech journalist teased a huge scoop on the level of Wired's PlayStation 5 article last year, which, again, it was very, very popular and very big at the time. Uh, His article is out June 4th, and states that it will be revolutionary, and it will rile up the game's industry. I mean, that's some very interesting terminology to use there. I mean, it sounds pretty big. And he later confirmed that it was Sega-related. So, yeah, that I mean, if it's Sega-related and rile up the industry, well, very interesting terminology to say the least shock you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna pick your brains on this one um i mean i know how much uh you know (laughs) i know how much you like talking about sega what could this announcement possibly be for because you know we've heard chatter for the past few months now we've talked about it briefly on the show too about a possible sega and microsoft partnership i mean what do you see uh from all this chatter
2: yeah i uh, because i did hear i did read that quote um and it gets you thinking, because I think first people were thinking like, oh, maybe they're going to do like a, a mini or some retro console, which they've already kind of done with, uh, I think, at Games or I forget the one they did a mini like Sega Genesis. So I don't, I don't think that's if that's what he's saying, then he's just like overblowing this by quite a bit. Um, but the other rumor that people have been talking about a potential partnership, um, either with IP, I'm guessing. Um, with uh, like Sega and Microsoft, there could be kind of a deal made there. But then someone was saying that the way, or at least the quote went, it made it seem like it was maybe hard, something that was maybe like a piece of hardware. So that Lockhart rumor is still out there and like Rand and um, I think Jez Corden from Windows Central, were still hearing that that's still very much alive. Um, So, I mean, I think that could be a, a way to release that and maybe in Japan. Just take off, you know, it's probably going to be a completely different form factor, so it doesn't look just like an Xbox or just like the Xbox Series X. Um, Slap the Sega name on it. Maybe have some Sega, I would think at that point, have some Sega deals in place to where you get some maybe some exclusives to it. Um, Release it in Japan where they love Sega's name. Like people just don't know, like going back to the Sega Saturn that most people don't even remember outsold the N64 in Japan and was on pace with the PlayStation at $100 more expensive until Final Fantasy seven dropped and blew it away. So like Sega's name still carries a lot of weight because they're still big, like when the arcade scene uh, there. So they're still very well known and cherished. So I I think if they were willing to put a lot of their, especially they own Persona, a lot of Yakuza, there's a lot of Japanese Games if they made say exclusive, I don't know what they would do here, but that could be the one for Lockhart, and then and then that kind of helps with uh, Microsoft with like the whole like hey you're you know putting you're gonna confuse the uh, consumer or whatever. Well, you could just release that maybe in Sega Europe, maybe do a small batch here, but it's it's not as confusing because guess what if the mom and pop go to uh, Best Buy, oh I want the uh, one that says Sega or I want the one that says Xbox Series X. Solves the confusion issue and you're getting hitting those other markets that you've been blown away in by Sony and Nintendo. So that's, that's what I'm guessing from based off that quote.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the quote in itself is very hyperbolic to say the least. I mean, you could go anywhere with it. It's, uh, I mean, it's very exciting. Uh, the prospect of Microsoft and, uh, Sega, um, Just kind of joining forces is uh i mean that would definitely rile up the game industry that would change things for sure it would definitely shape the landscape but uh nlg gaming does bring up a good point i mean remember sega is owned by another company i believe sega sammy um but and i think instead of buying them because that would still
2: be a lot harder doing a partnership that could be something they could still do without purchasing them Kind of like they did with the Dreamcast, they slapped both their names on the box, so they're you know both there. So that's that's a possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You see, th- that's what I'm kind of getting from all this because y- I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but uh, to me it seems kind of obvious that's. I mean, Sega and Microsoft have always had this uh, relationship going way back, as you kind of alluded to, uh, shock, and. In the past couple of years, they've been making some interesting deals. Obviously, uh, last year, they had the announcement for uh, uh, quite a few games coming over. Yakuza, all those Yakuza games coming over. Uh, Those have made a big impact on Game Pass, to say the least. And, yeah, quite a a few other titles, if I'm not mistaken. But they've had a pretty solid relationship, Sega and Microsoft. Now, I could see something along the lines of uh, a partnership. I mean, I even remember, was it a year, year and a half ago that Sega and Microsoft teased something? Do you guys remember when Sonic, they had like this little Sonic doll going around? uh, Was it the Microsoft headquarters? Oh,
2: yeah, they were they were tweeting out on their page that, hey, we're visiting Microsoft. And that's where a lot of rumors went around of like. Oh my God! Is are they about to buy Sega? Like, why are they?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're. Well,
2: why yeah. are they? You know, taking pictures. Like that's where a lot of rumors went rampant.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the thing is, my my brain tells me one thing, but my heart tells me another. In this situation, it's like because strategically for Microsoft, I mean, Phil has. Come out and stated over the past year that he would love to again acquire Japanese talent, talent, a Japanese developer. But at the same time, you know, it it is hard to for like foreign companies to acquire Japanese developers. That being said, it's not it does it does happen. You look at uh, Tango GameWorks; they were acquired by Bethesda, so it's not out of the question. But, I mean, you look at, I mean, Sega would be a mammoth of an acquisition. So, uh, I don't, I, I, I just, I that don't wouldn't know. It would rile up the industry. Well, again, you have to look at the terminology being used, right? Yeah. So.
2: Did or has uh, the translation.
1: Which, which one? Get, the one uh, from Sega? When they were visiting? Or? Oh, which tweet are you? I have it right here on my computer. The one from <clears throat> Sega Bits.
0: Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, was this from like a couple of months ago?
1: Uh, let's see. Um, it's obviously not in English, but it's uh, I am believe it's uh, saying April 12th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And it says June 14th, 9 a.m. Pacific date time, 12 p.m. Eastern, live on Mixer, Power Your Dreams, Xbox Game Studios and sega
0: well yeah that image has floated around for the the past couple of months
1: i'm not saying it's real but i guess from what people were saying that sega bits is actually a pretty i guess predominant sega account so they were just saying like you know the fact that it showed up on that account and was immediately pulled down did get like kind of gave the whole thing a little bit of validity i guess
0: now, I'm just going to put this out there, guys, because whatever announcement that's going to be in this article, it's going to be on June 4th, and I PlayStation 5's game reveal is on June 4th as well. I mean, is there the possibility that there's some kind of, like, I don't know, do you, do you guys think the timing of this is just coincidental, or...? I- I think so because
2: you saw. Also, I was because I forgot to mention earlier when you're talking about uh, what to expect from Sony's, you know, June 4th uh, deal. Mm. There was that article that's going to coincide. I think was it in Game? No, not Game Informer. I forget which one. But there's that screenshot where it shows that um, basically all their launch lineup, their launch window games, maybe a few months right after the launch, um, mm. and I'm pretty sure that has everything that's going to be there day one on launch day. And I feel like there'd be something that would probably be in there. Like, cause that would be hitting mm-hmm. like the same time. Cause they kind of partnered with them, giving them that information, you know, ahead of time, but maybe, maybe they'll have some surprises there, but I think this was, you know, separate and Microsoft's been working with them with, uh, getting the Yaku- Yakuza over here, mm-hmm. um, as well as fantasy star, helping them with their whole cloud technology. Right. So I, I don't think they would be swaying, you know, back to as far as like, oh, we're gonna Sony we're getting you all this like, I don't know, exclusive mm-hmm. deal or some partnership with them when they're kind of leaning the other way recently. But
0: Yeah, and I totally agree with you because on that note, because why would why would Xbox and uh, Sega be working so like closely uh, to get Yakuza over, and so on, it would just seem like, you know, wasted time, wasted money, if that was the case, that Sony was just going to acquire them in a short period of time. So, I mean, it, the timings of it is very interesting, but, you no, know, I, I would say just more coincidental. But, I don't know, guys, like, there's, like, some other outlets are, like, uh... St- putting out articles now, and they seem pretty confident about something going on here with Microsoft and Sega.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's an acquisition from either, because that's just Mm -hmm. probably too expensive for Sony. Not that they couldn't do it, but it's for them, it's way more than a drop in a bucket, like it would be for Microsoft. Whereas a partnership, Mm -hmm. and not just a partnership for exclusives, because I don't think that would rile up the game industry, but if it was like that console, then that could Mm -hmm. be something huge, because there's so many Sega fans that would just buy it because it does say Sega's name on it. Guarantee it, especially if it had just some exclusives tied in with it being a mm-hmm. Sega console.
0: If that was just geared towards the Japanese community, I could I could see a lot of like Sega fans even like around and the you know world. It's gonna
2: have support. Like if yeah. that would be the frightening thing of buying a Sega console in today's day, you know, age. Same with, with the Switch. Initially, you were like okay nintendo's next console after the wii u is it going to be supported at all that's what everybody's kind of fear was and has hesi- you know hesitation was mm-hmm. so that's where if like so sega was like hey we're releasing a console this you know holiday people would be like yeah but are you going to get support from all the other devs like xbox and playstation do but they would have the backing tied in with microsoft so that would kind of give you like yeah i'll buy that version i'll get sega exclusives maybe Plus, I'm going to be supported. I don't have to worry about, yeah, I can buy men. I can buy, you know, I, have, I don't have to treat it as a secondary console like you do with the Switch. Because
0: mm-hmm.
2: you might not get everything.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's an uh, interesting prospect here for sure. Uh, this whole, t- like, because we've heard the Xbox Lockhart uh, rumors for a long time, uh, it's been mentioned off and on and with this whole second console with Sega it's just it's interesting timing on a lot of things to be honest and then when you when you put like Sega wanted to make an announcement soon it's just it's very very interesting the timings of everything i just i can't help but think that yes Sega and Microsoft have so, most to me it's more than likely that there is a partnership and if Microsoft is helping on the console front, then Sega will be helping on the IP front they probably worked out a a few I would imagine a couple of deals on a few IP so actually I'm curious shock what IP would you like to see uh, brought like brought over if that was a case that Microsoft would fund uh probably some of the
2: ones. man there's i would i would want to say shinobi even though we have some of those like games like neo and stuff like out. but uh man there's a lot of ones on the sega saturn they could remaster i know they just recently did panzer dragoon but like panzer dragoon saga if they made that even totally did the same remaster but made it even deeper of an rpg because the combat system in there was great but no one can play it because it's a 600 hundred dollar game for your expensive already expensive sega saturn so i i think that one would be it um but yeah probably that or shinobi um trying to think of any other sega like big sega ip
0: i'll say this um i mean i like uh i like quite a few sega titles going back i would personally like to see a See, I I just I'm not sure who owns the IP for this game, but which one Vanquish. Uh, I think
2: Sega still owns it
0: because I know they published it, but Platinum Games made the game.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. Platinum doesn't own pretty much any of their games that they've made. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure like uh, what was the one they just did for Nintendo. Pretty sure Nintendo owns it.
0: Uh, Atlas Uh, Chains.
2: Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I have Astral Chain, yeah. Uh, Astral, it, right? yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Platinum had any games that they've made kind of like with Scalebound. Microsoft owns it, even though that was Hideka Kamiya's, you know, baby, his project he's been wanting to do for you know for a while, for a long time. Um he he doesn't own his IP anymore of that project he's you know kind of had in his back pocket but never made. Um, so, yeah, Sega's, I'm pretty sure they definitely own it because they, I think they re released mm. it recently, maybe on PC or something. Yes, they sure. did. They,
0: they did a, uh, they did a, a something. remaster with Bayonetta. So,
2: but yeah, I think it's always pretty much whoever's like publishing it, unless it's like where Microsoft was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, not Naughty Dog, uh, the one that did uh Spider Man as Insomniac. Insomniac. They let them under you know those terms. You can keep the IP, uh, for mm-hmm. Sunset Overdrive. But
0: oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Unless it's
2: a, something like they make a deal like that, but usually it's the publisher that usually owns it most of the time.
0: Now I remember actually speaking about Vanquish. Now that I think about it, um. There was a video game journalist that did state that Vanquish Two was being made exclusively uh, for Microsoft. There was a rumor about it like oh, a yeah. year ago.
2: I think it was around the time when Vanquish was doing that remaster.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, whether you know the validity of it or not, who knows? But it's just interesting that these Sega rumors have been popping up, you know, for the past couple of months now. So. I don't know there there might be some uh, there might be some truth to that. I might have to uh, I may have to uh, contact somebody about that but uh, Centurion, uh, like are you a big Sega fan? Uh, do you like any of their IP that maybe you'd like to see be reimagined or brought back at all?
1: Oh man, like I've talked about in the past, um, I regretfully was not able to get too deep into the Sega generation so I feel like I have missed some great titles. Um, and, um, I guess for me, the only one that I was ever really interested in when Sega was around was Sonic the Hedgehog. That's why I've been letting you guys just chat it up because I know Sega is a great, um, is a great developer. They have some really, really good gaming history under my, under their belt. They've helped kind of pave the way for console gaming with, uh, some of the, the inventions that they had with console gaming. I heard there was a lot of them too. Um but definitely I really don't know where to start when it comes to Sega. Um just because I'm so unfamiliar with the majority of their IPs that I just sit back and listen to you guys and just kind of like soak it all in. Um and that's one thing I love about Shockley is just his knowledge on that side of gaming because You know, you hear a lot of people, like, when you hear people talk about gaming, it's a lot about, like, Call of Duty, Fortnite, just the stuff that goes on today. And you don't really hear too much about the past, and it's kind of funny. We've had all these talks about backwards compatibility. Um, A lot of the ways to experience these titles is to either go out and buy one of these older consoles and play these games and, well, track down these games and play them, or to talk to people like Shockley and just hear about them
0: hmm absolutely well shock is the master of uh all things sega and uh, so on
2: well that was my first like console well i had the my parents had an nes like when i was like four or five but when i was like in when i was like six i asked for a sega genesis so that's kind of where my was like my own i got own given I a sega three a million million times
1: I was given a Sega Dreamcast, oh, okay. so that was my only experience with Sega, and I got that Dreamcast way after Sega had stopped making Dreamcasts. After their um, payday. So, yeah. I, basically, I uh, was find, finding games pretty cheap for that thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where I kind of just started dabbling a little bit in uh, Sega was when I had that Dreamcast. Definitely,
2: I highly recommend Shinobi. Th- you don't have a 3DS, right?
1: I actually i think i have like because the there's
2: games. an amazing way to play some sega games they actually if you have a 3ds they actually release some of their best sega genesis games as uh implemented 3d and when you play shinobi 3 on that and it, it never had 3d back in the day obviously and you can see the layers upon layers of the like background it looks looks sick i have um, a 2ds Yeah. Oh, okay yeah, By the I way, the Shinobi 1. 3 is an amazing game, so that one I highly recommend if you get a chance. It's not too long. It's kind of like arcade-based in that you kind of beat it in one one sitting.
0: Damn. Yeah. I don't know. That might be... Uh, you know what? I I should try Shinobi. I'll be honest. I haven't played Shinobi, but it's a very... Uh, again, I would just like to see these games brought back just so I'd be able to try them on uh, the console. But, uh, you know what, guys? On that note, uh, I think this show is going to come to a close. Really great talk, obviously, talking about all the, the Sega talk. I'll be curious to see if they do have a partnership. It's It seems kind of likely at this point. But, hey, I guess we'll find out uh, next week, actually, in a, in a few days. But, yeah, really good talk uh, tonight, fellas, talking about how Xbox is improving older games. And, honestly, just so much more. The scoring topic was very, very interesting. Um, you know what? Thank you to everyone that showed up in the chat tonight. Uh, we have the indie gamer, UK Dazarus. Uh, a whole bunch of guys from the UK that are in here. I know uh, Flamish Boy was in as well. Uh, Thanks guys for staying up late with us, Uh, I don't know if you guys had Red Bull or coffee in you, I know Daz is always uh, full of piss and vinegar gearing to go, (laughs) no Daz honestly thanks for coming out, Uh, Fastback, Uh, who else, NLG, hey Mike, Uh, Dr. Vodka, who else, oh Jesse Darby, Yeah, thank you you're pretty active fc violence stopped by and so many more faces thank you guys for joining matt Byrnes. i'm just going through the list again guys if i could scroll faster that'd be great but uh, thanks guys for uh showing up we really appreciate you uh coming in tuning in to listen to us uh hanging out with us so to speak and you guys are just great And hey, if you like this show, your support for the show, then definitely drop a like, share this episode out to everybody that you know, and subscribe to keep up to date on everything TXR, and hit the notifications just to stay up to date on everything regarding us. Now let's get to some of the outros, and Centurion, you're up first, where can everybody find you at?
1: Well, they can always find me right here with you great gentlemen every Sunday night on TXR. But I also do a podcast every uh, every Saturday night called The Shop Podcast with PTK Blam and the rest of the great guys over there. You can also find me and all my content on YouTube at Centurion1307. And you can also find me on Twitter and Xbox Live at Centurion1307
0: good stuff my friend and again check out his latest video regarding scorn it is a really good one he just posted it up earlier today i highly suggest checking it out after the show all right shockley uh good show tonight brother where can everybody find you at yeah you can find me
2: at shock nero on twitter easy shock on xbox live psn but yeah good show and uh yeah thanks for stopping by
0: Definitely, definitely. And of course, guys, I'm Invader. You guys can find me on my YouTube channel, Invader Gaming. Look for the uh, robot destroying everything in the background. And I'm pretty active on Twitter at invader underscore one nine eight six. I see in the chat, you know, hashtag uh, Gamers United Guild Hashtag support and be supported. Obviously, we're in a little, we just recently announced a collective last week with NLG, with the Retro Renegades, and of course, the four guys with quarters, you know, support and be supported, support the positive uh, podcasts out there. We're a really, really positive gaming group. And next up, uh, our friends over at the Retro Renegades will be having their show on Tuesday. Definitely check them out with the Graphic God, Supersonic Station, and so on. Definitely a very lively bunch. And uh, yeah, guys, stay safe. uh, And we just can't wait to see you next weekend, next Sunday. Take it easy, fellas. Catch you later.